0: Portland is a baseball town. Our secretary didn't have anybody on the phone. <laughs> you there was nobody on the phone. They were just egging me
1: along. So they brought a little short, chubby guy in with the name Peters and put him <laughs> in my place and sent me the double A ball.
0: Two fans, one mission to bring Major League Baseball to Oregon, fueled by Guardian Games and athletic field design. This is the Diamonds and Roses podcast. Without further ado, your host, Ben and Dave. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Diamonds and Roses podcast. As always, I am your host, Ben. And before we get started in this episode, I want to give a quick shout out to our sponsor, Big League Chew. If you haven't gone out and got yourself a patch of Big League Chew, go out and get some great bubble gum, because that's probably the one that I like the most. And we you know this. When you're chewing Big League Chew, you're chewing Hall of Fame bubble gum. This week we have a returning uh, interviewee, Mr. Connor Lambert, pitching coach for University of Portland. How are you today, Connor?
1: I'm doing great. Happy to be here.
0: Excellent, Connor. Did you did you have like Big League Chew when you were growing up? You know what?
1: I I definitely did. It was hard not to eat the entire pack as yeah. a kid, especially like it's just like that gum is just so sugary and it uh-huh. just hits you, and then. Um, yeah, I've had you know with the Corvallis nights, they always do a big league chew night or something like that. Yeah, and um, if you have to clean up after that night, it's it's a lot of gum, a lot of places. But <laughs> those are my experiences with big league chew. What
0: what flavor did you like the best?
1: Yeah, ground ball grapes a winner. It really yeah. is. Um, so I, I would typically I would typically go with the ground ball grape.
0: Yeah, I'm just glad when I was younger I didn't have like this big huge beard try to like blow bubbles and. get oh, it Oh yeah, pot. that would
1: have been yeah, that would have been a disaster. <laughs>
0: Well, welcome back once again, Connor. I appreciate your time. Uh, you know, this episode, we're, we're going to now jump right on into it. And we're going to talk post-college uh, level. You you remained at uh, Washington State University after you graduated and you became a graduate assistant at Washington State. So what, you know, we talked about why you didn't want you get drafted and and, and why decide to go pro. So now you're staying on as a graduate assistant. You know what 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 made you want to stay on as graduate assistant? Well, um, Coach Marbot's staff was kind enough to uh,
1: let me do some degree completion, mm-hmm. and so I needed that fifth year to yeah. to finish out my uh, college degree. Um, and I really didn't have a true direction of which way I wanted to go after college. Um, imagine that. Uh, just playing baseball the whole time. you just you don't get to jump in into, into a ton of internships, and, you know, I, I finished with a sociology degree. And I thought it might be uh, a good segue into what could be a coaching career. I didn't totally know if I wanted to coach. Uh-huh. Um, but Coach Margaret approached me and said, What do you think about this? I think maybe he saw it in me before I did. And I said, absolutely. Um, He was asking me if I wanted to help the pitchers, help Coach Swenson, and and kind of be his do-it-all man. And I said, sign me up.
0: Excellent. Uh, So you you were um, a graduate assistant for a little bit. And then you went on and got a job to serve as the pitching coach at Tacoma Community College for the Titans. Mm Mm-hmm. You uh, you actually helped improve that pitching staff in yeah. Tacoma.
1: Yeah, so that transition, you know, Coach Marbet was um, the head you know the, co- the head coach at, at Washington State. Coach Marbet was um, really instrumental into my early college coaching career. So was Coach Swenson. Uh, they really took care of me. Um, really appreciative of that. Um, after well, I'm going to say in November of being uh, in that, that that fifth year of coaching for Washington State, uh, Coach Marbet asked to me if I wanted to work for the Corvallis Knights that that next summer. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, I'd love to interview for that. That's something, I mean, I think I can do this coaching thing, or at least I, <laughs> I have an idea. Mm-hmm. And um, so I interviewed for that with Dan Siegel. Um, he uh, liked me enough to give me my first opportunity there. I get there, and not too long I get a call from Coach Marbitt again saying, hey, there's a pitching coach job at Tacoma Community College. Do you want me to put in a good word for you? I'll have the head coach give you a call. And I said, well, yeah, I'd love to. This thing is actually rolling pretty good. I enjoy myself, and uh, Mm. let's do it. And I meet up with Coach (laughs) Momert. Uh, in a full suit tie and he he gives me crap about it now because said, <laughs> you know it's your junior college pitching coach it's it's not as if you're you know you're going for a ceo level job here but you know i guess you dress for the job you want not the one you have and um he hired me basically on spot i i can't totally remember if that's 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 correct or not but um Man, this, is a, this, this, this TCC opportunity, this junior college opportunity for me was another one of those moments of check your ego at the door. Um, oh, yeah. It was really good for me on the coaching side of things. Going through it, I was, I was you know fighting tooth and nail, getting through some of the stuff that you have to do as a junior college coach. Mm-hmm. You have to wear a lot more hats as a junior college coach um, than you do necessarily with where I'm at now. You, know, you don't have a strength coach when you're at junior college. Uh, you don't have a groundskeeper, per se, when you're at junior college. Um, you have to be a counselor, an academic counselor. And it was a lot for like a 22, 23-year-old to handle. And Coach Coach Mummer gave me a, a really cool platform to basically do it and, and also go recruit. And uh, and we're going to do it a certain way. And he also gave me uh, plenty of room to um, Make my own mistakes with the with the with the pitchers and kind of find my niche. Really helped um, build the foundations of some of the stuff I still do today. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, we won a lot of ball games. Coach has got that thing uh, pretty dialed in up there. Um, I was lucky to be a part of it to have that opportunity. Um, we we pitched it pretty well.
0: I, I was pretty well. Uh-huh. I mean, <laughs> way I sound, it's like you guys pitched pretty great. I mean, you had thirty nine wins in two thousand fourteen and. Yeah. Of that, you had a 27-game win streak? Yeah. We went through a span
1: where it was like it was like video game baseball. It was – I mean, I, I don't know if I'll ever go through another span like that. Um, I mean, we even – on the pitching side of things, I think we had like eight shutouts in a row at some point um, that year. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's just it, – it's not anything I was doing special. Just holding guys accountable and and um, being dil- trying to be diligent on that end and and trying to do it the right way and making sure guys are being, you know, good young men and um, kind of letting their talents play out on the field and uh, trying to get the best out of them. And they went and played the games and, and mm-hmm. we did some 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 cool things. We never got to the the pinnacle. We never won the NY championship. It was something that um, I don't regret, but um, something that I, I wish we could have done. Um, but it was such a good experience for me in all different facets. I, I remember, you know, mowing the, the outfield and that's like, you know, five 30 and we just got done with practice. I showed up at five 30 in the morning to run weights and, um, you know, getting done with that at, you know, six fifteen, and having to fight Fort Lewis traffic, get home at eight thirty, oh, you know, eat, and then essentially go to bed and do it all over again. And that was invaluable for me on, this is how you have to work you want to be successful you're gonna have to make some sacrifices and um i was lucky enough to um live at home um my parents didn't live too far away as much as i i guess i don't, know, I don't hate admitting that but you know you just got to do what you can yeah. a juco assistant coach working off a stipend and um and everyone kind of goes through those licks uh but it taught me um some invaluable lessons of, of how you really need to work on, on just if you want to be good, if you want to do it the right way, um, it requires man hours. It doesn't mm-hmm. just happen. So that experience was, was huge for me.
0: Did you see yourself in some of these players?
1: In the, at the junior college level? Yeah. You know, that's a, that's a, it's an interesting question. It's a different, it, it can be a different style of player. You know, they're there for one reason or another. Grades aren't quite good enough. Um, talent's not quite good enough. Um, I could level with them on the side of, I always felt like, well, I didn't always feel like, towards the latter part of my career, I really had to earn everything that I got. Mm-hmm. And so I could level with them on, on that end, where these guys had to, you know, really bust their butts um, to get to that next scholarship opportunity. They're all working for a Division One scholarship. They all want, you know, UW or Portland or... Oregon State to show up to their practice and see him play well and, and show out and, and offer them that, that scholarship opportunity and they were like going through the process all over again so mm-hmm. I could level with them on that aspect of really having to you know bury your, your, your feet into the ground and, and, and dig in a little bit.
0: Mm-hmm. Now let's let's talk about uh, the West Coast League because you brought up you know being yeah. uh, on the coaching staff for the Corvallis Knights. Uh, You were the pitching coach and the associate head coach there for a little while. Mm -hmm. Uh, You helped the Knights to three West Coast League championships. Uh, The Knights led the league in the ERA for four seasons during your tenure. Uh, They recorded 401 strikeouts in 2011. Um, You were the ERA leaders in 2011, 12, 13, and 16. And then it said that you coached the uh, pitchers in the All-Star League for... 2011-2012 2011-2012 mm-hmm. uh, being that I'm a fan of the West Coast League yeah, great league got some really really good talent from this area University of Portland happens to feed some of these teams yeah, and they got great talent there so let's talk a little bit about the West Coast League and that experience as a whole for you uh, the Corvallis Knights hold a very special place in my heart
1: um, Brooke Knight is a guy, the head coach that I worked for, for six and a half summers, and they won the championship in my last summer. I like to think that, uh, we won four championships when I was there. I had to leave halfway through cause I got this job and I had to get out recruiting. Um, they, they showed me how an organization should be run. Mm-hmm. Dan Siegel, uh, president of the Corvallis Knights. Um, the way that he worked, the way that he communicated, I mean, when I got there, when I showed up in 2011, like communicating through email, coming right out of out of college, was like uh, I I didn't I didn't know that was a thing. I didn't know I didn't realize like people would send emails and you have to respond and um, you're you're supposed to be responding promptly. Um, He helped me grow up, and they they gave me such a cool platform. Coach Knight is a tremendous leader and does a good job of really empowering his assistant coaches. Mm those 2000, that 2011 team specifically was special because it's the first and I'm 23 and some of our, I mean, I was one year older than one of our, I mean, I mean, the same age of, we had a Oregon State pitcher that was like a two year red shirt and he was on his last year and he was pitching in the summer for us. And <clears throat> so it was a, it was interesting for sure, but we had some some really good talent. We had Jace Fry, Ben Wetzler, Jimmy Sherfy. Um, some of these guys that are pitching in the big leagues right now. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it really made me look a lot better than I probably actually was. Um, I can remember texting with my my group of friends after the first game. We went out there. Game 1 we're in Walla Walla. We gave up like 11 runs. It's the first time I actually called a full game by myself, you know. Mm-hmm. When I was at Washington State, you know, Swens, I'd sit next to Swens on pitch calls. And I'd I'd have my you know, he he let me dabble a little bit. By no means was he giving me the reins or anything like that. First game, I think they score like 11 or something like that. And I go, mm, I don't know if I can. This is, this is maybe not my, my tea. Um, second game, we take a, a perfect game into the eighth inning. And I was like, OK, well, I think I might be able to do this thing. And mm-hmm. really, it's just uh, we, we got tremendous talent in Corvallis. Dan and Brooke do a a really good job of having great relationships with a lot of different universities up and down the West Coast, bring in really solid individuals. Um, Brooke really pushes the right buttons on player development, um, human development. Um, He is immaculate at making getting a group and, and having them go in one direction. And it can be tough in the summer. You get toward the dog days of summer, and guys yes. peter out. You know, they're like, "Man, I've been playing ball for 11 straight months, and I just like to go home and kind of relax before I got to turn it up for you know fall ball." And he would get the very best out of guys, and he get the very best out of his coaches. Mm-hmm. And being around him long enough um, helped me as a coach. I mean, tenfold. It, it really, you know, in a day and age now where. Every little piece can be analyzed. You know, you have data, you have this and that. And definitely enjoy getting into that. He has a bit of an old school coach in him that he is able to evolve to some of that and talk that stuff. But he also has a tremendous feel for the fundamentals of the game. Mm-hmm. And that helped shape who I was as a coach, for sure. And how I, how I look at the game, and not just from a pitching standpoint, watching position players, watching how the game moves, uh, you know, the running game, um, offensive you know how we're how we're running an offense um it was it was it was huge for my development and then like i said dan siegel really just teach me hey i'm the leader of this entire organization and i'm gonna help pick up trash after a big july 4th game yeah because the stadium should look good for july 5th and we have a game as well it's it's everyone does their job and then we pick each other up and Mm -hmm. he was i still talk to dan and, and brooke i mean both they're they're Tremendous mentors for me, um, and they will continue to be. I I just that experience winning all those championships. I mean, you you remember all those those guys you 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 truly do. When you win with when when you win with guys, you remember. Mm -hmm. You you know those years that we didn't win. um, Now, granted, we did the year we didn't win. We had Madrigal on the team, and I don't know how we didn't win that year. Because Grainier was on Bend, and they had an exceptional team that year. They broke about every offensive category, and um, so we didn't. We didn't win it that year, but uh, we we just had some such good talent. Uh, sometimes I felt like I would just try to get out of their way, and mm-hmm. then reel them back in when they weren't doing it the right way.
0: What's one thing that that you've you specifically learned from Coach Knight that you just is ingrained in you permanently?
1: Be invested to your players. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he tries to go around and say hi to everybody. You know, position player, pitcher. He doesn't get to everybody. He's passionate about his guys. He cares about them. He talks to them. You know, he's a person to them. He's vulnerable. It's the way he talks to the group, the way he engages, the way he incorporates, doesn't ostracize. It's, it's really an art. And man, if I can do half of that the way he does it, I feel like I've been doing a pretty good job. Mm-hmm. He, is, he is so good at just creating those relationships. And it's what I love is it's that's one of my favorite things about the game. You know, I get it's weird. You know, it's like I hang out on college campus and I hang out with these college kids, mm-hmm. and they're going through such a unique time in their life that um, I'm really genuinely happy to be a part of. Um, because you get guys that you know uh, will text you and hey, I'm having a kid and all that stuff. And it it gets a little cliche, but um, it is actually unique and. Um, exceptional mm-hmm. um so brooke does hey he's just he was uh those teams he, and every year i mean they just won i think their fourth in a row yeah <clears throat>
0: and it's and
1: and, it's and they, yeah it's, it's it's and they get new teams every year yep. you know and so it's it truly speaks to their their leadership um in general and uh just uh, how good of a ball coach he yeah.
0: is yeah i mean he's he looks intimidating honestly oh he's not yeah, <laughs> no, he is. But he's, he's, he just looks I mean Yeah, no,
1: it's <laughs> that's funny you say that. <laughs> he's kind of chesty, and uh, he's got a lot of bark. But uh, uh, out of a few nights where there's not a lot of bite.
0: But let me ask this one quick question about the West Coast League, because as opposed to the collegiate level where you're at now, mm-hmm. and you just brought it up, you have a new team year in and year out. How how do you just how are you able to bring a team so close knit together in such a short time to get them on board? Because in college, as you're well aware, at college you, you know you have these guys in and they're there for several years, and yeah. so there there's camaraderie built yeah. amongst them. They're coming in a fall ball, so they have that time to develop. What are you guys doing? Well, I think.
1: Maybe the highlight of what uh, Coach Knight does is he he, re, he he makes it so important for them to understand that winning is important. It's, it's kind of a stigma in summer ball that, okay, you're here to develop. You're here to get better. Winning is secondary. And with the showcases that, that guys go to, these tournaments that don't end up, you know, there's not really a winner. Um, summer ball programs that just go, hey, we want to get you in. We want you to, you know, do the right thing. And, and you know, we'll win some ball games, too. Like, that is all important. But in life, winning at things is is important if you want to be successful. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dan Siegel always says every opportunity, every situation is a win or loss. So you either win it or you lose it. And there's no in between. If you did really well at it, you probably won it. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you feel like you didn't prepare you didn't you didn't do what you need to needed to um, you probably took the L so from the top down winning is important mm-hmm. and it's okay and I think they are open armed to going yeah that's a stigma and um, that's okay if people want to think that about us but we're going to continue to beat other teams and yeah. <clears throat> You know, there's always a moment in the summer where, you know, there's a, there, they lost three or four or five in a row. I mean, it, it happens like clockwork. It happens in July, it's somewhere in between the second week into July to the third, fourth week of July. The team starts, you know, kind of going off the rails. Coach Knight um, has this exceptional speech about a rafting trip that he went on. And he breaks it down beautifully. And guys are just engaged. They are so engaged, like – those teams just want to run through a brick wall for them or they make it seem like that mm-hmm. um they you know guys are on the bench they they want to win it's the fifth inning and uh you know guys getting a big hit and guys are into it you know you don't get that everywhere because mm-hmm. it's not expected it's not talked about yeah winning should be talked about and they talk about it a lot and i i think that's really at the end of the day why it, why it happens so much from it's obviously done with a, a lot of uh Delicate care by by those two guys at the top, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, those the, the Corvallis Knights are are churning it out uh, and, and doing it uh, in a high fashion. Obviously, with the four titles in a row, and man, I Brooke probably doesn't have enough fingers left for all the rings that he's won while he's been there,
0: <laughs> weighing him <them> down. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, he he just seems like a really great guy and one that you know just it. Yeah, I got the rings, but we need to move on and yeah. go on to the next year. So. You're now uh, around 2014-ish mm-hmm. going to the University of Utah. Yeah. I listened to a different um, podcast that you were on. Yeah. And it mentioned that you had a, a minimum like a week when you were offered the yeah. job to when you needed to move to Utah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you were probably, I mean... You said that you were single at the time, so you're you're just, like, yeah. frantically packing the one drawer you have. You're just, like, dumping it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that uh, that transition was um, hard and fast. It was
1: great, though. I was actually going to uh, – Brooke coaches in Australia every once. He's going back to Perth this year, I believe, where he coaches in the ABL, Australian Baseball League. And I was set to go be his pitching coach um, basically that Australian summer, which would have been October through February. Mm-hmm you know our our calendar year and that was going to be a unique cool opportunity a piece of me still wishes i would have gone to australia because i mean how often do you get to spend like five months in australia yeah but at the same time a new opportunity presented itself at the university of utah to kind of get into power five division one school Mm -hmm. and brooke was just like you got to do this dude and so i took his advice very highly and Said, let's do it. Uh, we got done with the with the season, um, with the Knights. I was living with my my best friend, uh, one of my best friends, Patrick Clawson at the time, and I said, hey, dude, I got to break this lease early. A guy I played with at Washington State, and he was like, no problem. We'll get someone else to live in here. You go do your thing um, at the University of Utah, and uh, yeah, I literally packed up a U-Haul, drove it out. The wind rain it was a storm when i drove into utah and i was driving like a 20 footer and it was blown across four lanes and people in utah um they drive really fast and i was just rattled and i was like what am i getting myself into but um man that was uh, one of the best decisions i ever made to to get myself out there
0: mm-hmm. So you were the director of operations. You did some statistical analysis. You helped with travel, social media. I mean, you're just talking about the email and how that was all brand new to you. And, and yeah, yeah. By that respond. time, I had gotten email down. Gotten <laughs> by by <laughs> 20, 2014,
1: 2015, I'd fifteen. I'd I'd figured it out.
0: So you were you were social media. Um, you guys went on to win the Pac-12 championship in 2016 and in advance yeah. to the NCAA regional yeah. tournament. Um as far as statistical analysis uh, you know you you you've throughout your coaching career up yeah. to that point. was it something that you were were working on, or was this kind of something new to you so
1: um I think i when I came in there for that job, I kind of Saw the, the the landscape of what it was and kind of said, I think I can do more than just this. I can, because it wasn't like, hey, we need you to like break down stats for us. We're going to gather them and you pump them out. It was more like, I can watch a lot of film because, again, I'm single, living on my own, and I've got all the time in the world outside of, you know, practice and office time. Mm-hmm. I'm going to watch game film as much as I can. I'm going to, do the scouting reports for us i'm going to fine-tooth comb these games and figure out weaknesses and where we can take advantage where our strengths really play um and you know i gosh i that that piece of my development as far as calling pitches being a pitching coach and just the game dynamics i learned mm-hmm. so much by just watching how you know nate yeski calls a game how uh, Dietrich, you know, former um, pitching coach at Oregon, how he called games, how Jason Kelly, like what their um, own nuances were, what their kind of uh, how they called games specifically. And it's actually interesting. It's like they everyone every pitching coach has their own like stamp on how they call pitches. Mm-hmm. And to try to develop and um, – Evolve myself into what I would do because I'd be in those dugouts at Utah, and you know I'm sitting through there through all situation. I'm charting, and I'm you know running through. I'm trying to take advantage of my time. Essentially, is what I'm doing um, because I wanted to treat it like it was my my foot in the door to the next hopefully mm-hmm. opportunity. And so I needed to suck the marrow out of the experience. So um, I'm sitting there and you know coaching the coaches. Essentially, is what it's called talking to them through things and what I'm seeing and. Um, that and, and being around, you know, Bill Kenneberg and Mike Crawford was and really Jason Hawkins and, and Coach Brosman, well, you know, mm-hmm. the four coaches that were there when, when I was there took a piece of how they worked um, each individually and and tried to build on that. That was such a cool opportunity for me. I mean, to be honest it just be like, I think I was 26 27 maybe at the time, 28 I don't know, something like that and just to be on my, it was really like being on my own um Doing something that I have now f- figured out is my passion and just grinding it mm-hmm. and, um, you know, getting into the office early and uh, just, you know, having new information for the coaches and just being excited about that. Winning the Pac-12 championship just was the cherry on top of that. Mm-hmm. That was a surreal experience because that mm-hmm. team was, I mean, that was not the best team in that league. By i mean we were we were good and we got good in in conference, and we won games and and we figured out ways to do it and we took advantages of, of things that I, I I hope were things that i, I you know kind of helped lay out um, but the coaches that i were, I was around mm-hmm. completely shaped. Who I am now as a coach, the way I organize, the way I look at things, you know, the way I, you know, watch a hitter and, and what the hitter feedback I'm getting, you know, all that stuff. It was whew, that was a cool experience, really mm-hmm. cool experience. And Utah is actually, it's actually a pretty cool place to live. Yeah. You know, uh, Salt Lake City is actually it's really clean. Uh, I got to go to Park City a few times and, and ski and snowboard, and mm-hmm. um, I don't know if I'd ever have an opportunity to do that. You know, it's just kind of random, and um, you know, I I, I I thought that was pretty cool.
0: Then you, uh, you then stay there for a few years, and you get an opportunity to be recruited to come back to yeah. the University of Portland, yep. the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, as the pitching coach. Yeah, how did that that vacancy, you know, announcement hit you? Was it just something that you found, or was it something that somebody said, "Hey, you might want to take a look at this, Connor"?
1: Right, a little bit of that. Um, so to come full circle. Coach Swenson, who was my pitching coach at Washington State, was the pitching coach here at the University of Portland. He wanted to move on and uh, explore different opportunities for himself, opened up a pitching coach job here. Dan Siegel, who was um, the president with the Corvallis Knights and who I would become close friends with, happens to be close friends with Coach Loomis, who was our head coach. They grew up together. They played ball together. Mm-hmm. Um, they were in the trenches together. And Dan goes, hey, Lambeau, there's an opportunity at the University of Portland you want me to put a little, you know, bug in Coach Loomis's ear, and I said, "Yeah, let's do it." I get a call from Coach Loomis. That whole process starts. You know, Coach Knight really helps me out with that process, and uh, yeah, I, um, that was would have been July of 2017, mm-hmm. I believe. 2017 was uh, was when Coach Loomis said, "Hey, we've got the spot for you.
0: It's yours if you want it," and I said, "Sign me up." But you didn't come here alone, though. You came with a, a buddy, didn't you? They, they is it Gioff? Because uh, you, you know, Dan said that Dan said this of you. He said, "We're thrilled for both Connor and Gioff as we think this is a perfect fit. Connor will do a great job and make the pilots better."
1: So Jeff, Jeff, Jeff. Loomis is our head coach. So he's speaking. Okay. He's he's speaking it, on. Um, I don't know why. No, that's that fine. Name. No, that's fine. Uh, he's speaking because he has such a close relationship with. <laughs> With Jeff, with Coach Loomis, um, yeah. I think he was maybe speaking out of that type of context okay. where he he feels like, and he's right. I you know I think Dan was the matchmaker there. I think Dan realized that um, personality-wise, that me and Coach Loomis could really could mesh, could, mm-hmm. could have a, a good collaboration, and I. I would like to say that we've we've done so so far. So he mm-hmm. wasn't wrong.
0: <laughs> I just want to say to Coach Loomis, I'm sorry I killed your first name. <laughs> He's gonna come in with a baseball bat. Yeah, no. you, <laughs> you I want might some have something bots. to say about that. Yeah. <laughs> so you, you describe as coming, you know, back here because that it was near home. Coach Loomis and you had, were similar. You, you've, that you felt well, like being around one another, mm-hmm. and you could. Yeah. If I'm correct in how I was interpreting how you were de- describing this, it was like you were saying you're kind of almost on the same wa- wavelength. Yeah. And you're thinking about pitching and, and instruction. Can yep. you can, What was it more about Coach Loomis that just drew, drew me this way? Yeah. Um, getting to
1: sit down, I, I, me and Coach Loomis talked – at length in in our interview process a couple times for i would say hour and a half to almost two hour plus just Mm -hmm. talking pitching and it was really easy there was a lot of like head bobbing agreeing and -hmm. so i was like this has flown pretty good where we have similar thoughts of what the university of portland pitching staff should look like and um when there were things that we challenged each other on it wasn't that far off the mark it was marginal stuff um so he his demeanor um he's a very competitive guy so i think that too also kind of Mm -hmm. um, meshes pretty well so it was just when going through those talks and then really i didn't truly um understand the the the, the connection really on the pitching side I think until I spent some more time with him in the you know basically in the dugout with him or in our pitching talks and and him having given me the feedback and or me giving feedback to him when I really truly realized like hey, we are on the same wavelength here where like I'm an extension of him um, with the pitchers he can really trust me mm-hmm. with with a lot of the with all the responsibilities that is that comes with uh, being the pitching coach, and yeah. um, he he's given me a lot of freedoms. And I think that relationship that we've built and that communication um, is because of that. Yeah, you
0: said this also that you felt that the West, you feel that the West Coast Conference is built on coaching and pitching. Can you?
1: Kind of dive into that a little bit. Yeah, I, I think I. I really hope I didn't say coaching and pitching. I hope I said like pitching and defense. Maybe. Uh, yeah,
0: yeah, I thought it was coaching. Um, pitching,
1: it... Well, I do think it's it, the, it's a league that's built on pitching and defense, and it's it's a little bit older of a league. And so when I say that, you typically have um, less guys out of this league drafted, so you have more seniors, so you have mm-hmm. more experienced, mature players. So um, guys understand the game pretty well by the time they're a junior or senior year, at least at the college level, and. uh so yeah, this league is truly built out of. If you want to be good, you look at you look at the the past winners of this league. Now there's always that um, you know kind of slate breaker uh, offense that that really breaks out, um, but they're typically built around pitching staff that mm-hmm. really takes a hold of the game. And if yeah. you can play catch better than the next team, you're going to win. You know, so yeah. that's what we've been building up towards. I, I, I'd like to think that we've we've done a good job of. Coming in and throwing more strikes and forcing you know teams to beat us on their end than allowing you know just to step all over our own selves, mm-hmm. um, and we have been a, a program that's uh, that's you know been having some growth. You know we've had some young guys. Coach Valentine's brought in. Um, he's a recruiting coordinator and we and we work cohesively together. He's brought in um, some good core group of guys and they're getting older and. This being my third year, um, those freshmen that were that came in my first year are now juniors. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, they're understanding me a little bit more, um, and I think they are. And the expectations, and um, I think the the thing I don't want to ever say it runs itself because, gosh, I'd be selling, I'd be probably selling myself a little short. <laughs> but um, you like to work it that way where guys are just self-starters. You know, they're just they know what they need to do. They want to be successful, so they find avenues to get it done. Mm-hmm. And you present what those avenues look like when they're young. And they start to really grasp grasp on them when they're you know a year or two into the program. Mm-hmm. And um, so yeah, the the pitching and defensing, You'll hear if you had a conversation with Coach Loomis, you, you asked him, "Hey, what's going to win in this league?" He, I would bet pretty good money. Mm-hmm. And he was a really good offensive player here. He's yeah. a hall of famer here. Uh, he could really hit. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he's. I, I don't know if he's evolved. Um, or if he's always been like that, but he could really mash. And uh, typically, your teams take on a little bit of who you were mm-hmm. as a player, um, and he's he's done a good job of creating a message of uh, pitching and defense. That's how we win games. That's mm-hmm. what we want to
0: be. I mean, going back to you saying that the players, you know, pick this up and it, it kind of runs itself. I mean, really, that, that goes to your your ability and the other staff's ability to pick out the right player for your team. I mean, yeah. that that takes time yeah. and that takes recognition of being able to go out and do that do you feel like you know your time with the west coast league your time at tacoma community college and your time at utah mm-hmm. you know help that yeah because it's it's uh
1: they're all slightly different not levels but just different experiences that you where you see and experience different personalities mm-hmm. and what course of action you have to take with that individual if i want to create a self-starter I've had freshmen come in that are already self-starters. They already want to be extremely successful. They just want to, you make sure that they're kind of doing it the way that you want them to do it. And then they're also branching out and talking to you and communicating with you about different ways they like to do it. Mm -hmm. And you allow that growth. And then sometimes you have almost a blank canvas of someone's like, I need, I have the talent and they're not legitimately saying this, but they're like, I have the talent mold me. And through those experiences that I've had, um, you get more of that, I have the talent help mold me at the junior college level. Um, so through that, that experience, for sure, so you get those individuals come into the program now and you stay on them and you're on top of them and you're, you're holding them accountable, making sure they're doing all the things the right way. That way, hopefully, they run mm-hmm. it themselves, but they know how they need to play catch on any given day. You know, I'm going to put out a, a plan for them and a, and a calendar and things like that, but um, can they uh, take responsibility in their own success?
0: Yeah. I went to the game last year, in the, or actually this past year, yeah. but in the spring, over at uh, Ron Tonkin Field. Oh, that was a good guys, one for us. We guys took on Oregon State, yep. and you guys beat an Adley Rutschman, the number one pick in the Major League Baseball draft. You beat an Adley Rutschman-led team. Yeah. What was that feeling like for you? Well, uh, we played actually we uh,
1: in-state rivals, I guess, pretty close, uh, Oregon and Oregon State. Yeah. Um, for the past, my first two years that, I, that I've been here. Mm-hmm. It was good to, on Oregon State, we hadn't beat them yet. So it was good to get that first one um, out of the way. Uh, we pitched, re- we, we had a really good process that day. I don't think we walked maybe one, maybe two yeah. guys. I think we struck out like 14 or 15 yeah. guys. Should have struck out Adley a couple times. I coached Adley, so I I, I love the kid. You know, he was a like Corvallis Knight for a year, and know mm-hmm. uh, his dad, and they're they're great people. I really wanted to, you know, he's he's a tough guy to strike out, and we should yeah. have had him a couple times. We got him once, um, but we just, you know, we got some big hits offensively, put together a big inning. We played sound baseball. It was good for the program because obviously they were the, the reigning national champions, and I think anytime you beat any reigning national champion, that's good for anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it's just good for a program to go hey, if we play baseball baseball like we're capable of like we can compete in any single ball game yeah so the confidence piece just um kind of kind of goes up and it, and that was good because at the time we weren't playing very good baseball and so we kind of needed we needed that win to kind of mm-hmm. get us going back on the right track but that was fun that 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 um crowd the whole deal uh, everything like that it was good to um get our brand out there and 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 compete with, with obviously one of the better programs in the nation. Yeah.
0: I I got to say for myself, I think that was one hell of a game. I it was mean, a good game on both sides. Yeah. I mean, just the pitching staff for yeah. the pilots was just on that day yeah. and it was just working. Um, so I was, I was like, wow. I mean, they, yeah. they, they got it together and you know, a win like that, you know, must with an in-state mm-hmm. rival, I mean, must do wonders for your, your program. Like the, not, not, not necessarily on the recruiting front is not where I'm going with it but yeah. it just on like the morale of yeah. the team and just like hey we can go out like you just said we can beat the defending national champions yeah. in a in a game so right. we know we have it in us right and you know and just you know we're getting the new stadium
1: getting put in and um, just in general some good momentum for the program just going like hey we're here and um, this isn't maybe the pilot program of you know 10 15 years ago Yeah. Um, and we're separating ourselves a little bit. And yeah, just that was a fun day. That was a fun game. It was good to see some of those seniors too. Um, I think that might have been the first time they beat Oregon State in a, mm-hmm. in a little while. Just to, to, uh, to have them do it um, in their senior year was cool. And um, yeah, I, I, I enjoyed that game. Uh, Knutson, our closer, closed it out. We had a senior, uh, two seniors pitching that, three seniors pitching that game. Holy. We had three seniors pitch. Kevin Baker started, and he had um, uh, had he had a good career for us, and needed
0: a a big start for us there, and he he delivered, and it was it was a well rounded game for us. Mm -hmm. So now we're in fall ball. We're transitioning into the new baseball year. Um, Where 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 where's Portland? Where the pilots at right now? Like how many new freshmen you got on board? Uh, Freshmen? I think we got. A little bit bigger
1: class this year. I think we maybe had 10 freshmen this year. Mm-hmm. Um, we're about two weeks left of, of fall ball. So we, um, we're we in fall break right now. So um, we're running a little bit longer practice. Um, we've got maybe four inter-squad scrimmages left, three. Um, and we're just really trying to utilize our time that we have left as far as our 20-hour period. We'll go into an eight-hour period people don't know know what that means. It's um, you only get eight hours a week with the student athlete Mm -hmm. and you have to incorporate, you know, strength training in that. So you only get like three to four hours of skill training. So on field, that's me working with pitchers and bullpens, me working with the Mm -hmm. the pitching staff and and our catch play, any team defense that we want to do. We have much, a much smaller window right now. We're in our 20 hour period. So we get our our typical two and a half hour plus um, three hour uh tight practice a day, Monday through Monday through Friday. Um but we're kind of winding this down a little bit. Guys mm-hmm. have um you know it's a really big evaluation period for us. Like you said, those new freshmen, getting them caught up to speed and uh and, and even you know our transfers are just getting a good look at mm-hmm. where our guys are coming back. You know, guys that have been in the program they went off to summer ball, um, getting a feel for where they're at and um academics are ramping up right now too as well guys are taking a bunch of classes um, it's really a great time, I, I love this time of year you know, yeah. you're really getting a good evaluation of your guys um, you know, the fall in general is just. I, I, I typically enjoy the fall, it's, it's mm. playoff baseball in, in the big leagues and, yep. um, so there's a lot of learning points going on all over the place right now it's a mm. lot of teaching right now, which is good I mean, you gotta really love the teaching side of this thing um, the development side of this thing and uh, it's, it's a really fun time for us right now um, to see these guys grow up, even just in a month period.
0: So, last question: uh, When does spring ball pick back up for you guys? We,
1: um, so it's uh, second week, third week in January. We get back into another eight-hour period, and then maybe two weeks after that, we get going into our basically our championship season period. You get twenty hours a week, and you get into games. The th- second or third week of February it's like February 16th is our first game Mm -hmm. so you get about um, almost a full month with the guys to get them ramped back up they will go off for Christmas break basically the start of December and be gone for almost five weeks. It's kind of a little nerve-wracking time. They're on their own. They're doing their thing. They get out of the routine that they've created in the fall. Um, hopefully, you've, you've created a, a culture where the guys continue to, to work and do the mm-hmm. right things. But, yeah, we'll get ramped back up in the middle of January and, and get these guys going. And thankfully, we have um, nice enough facilities to, you know, rain or shine, where we're out there playing and, and uh, getting ready to play.
0: Excellent well coach thank you f- thank you for taking some time to yeah. to spend with me today i really 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 appreciate it it's been great getting to know you it's Absolutely. been great getting to know the where you've been at some of the other people the dans <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> the coaches yeah um, and everything so thank you so much greatly appreciate it appreciate you having me on i really appreciate you guys growing the game of baseball to be honest talking
1: baseball with coaches and, and people affiliated with that in the mm-hmm. state of oregon and um games growing and get a big league team to 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 oregon and and to portland and see where this thing goes
0: yeah exactly so well that'll do it for this episode as always i am your host ben and you have a great day wherever you are at peace out